Obviously, this is Mark. I'm taking over the Monday Club channel because they have got a new sponsor, and that is Hypervolt. I think there are some key benefits to Hypervolt that really help us as installers, but there are also some key benefits of Hypervolt I want to speak about right at the outset. And one of those is something that is going to revolutionise stuff for us as installers, and that is fronting the grant payment back to us at the point the work's completed. So at the moment, for those of you who are involved with EV charge points, you'll realise when a grant application is made, we pass that saving straight onto the customer at the point of sale, and sometimes we can be waiting months to see that back. So if you're installing a few charge points every week, even as a small electrical contractor, that can soon add up to thousands and thousands of pounds you've got tied up in government hands and with no guarantee of when you're going to get that back. But regardless of that, Hypervolt have put a, a system in place where you can have that money fronted back to you direct from them at the point the work's completed. And that is an incredible thing. I think that is, is brilliant to help us as installers and it shows Hypervolt aren't just focused on selling stuff to actual end users, they're looking after the installer network as well, which is absolutely mega. Hello and welcome to Monday Club. Um, this week Hello we've there. got Marco in the house. That was a really crappy introduction, but it is what it is. Marco, why are you sitting? Good evening. How are you? How are you both doing? Now then. Now then. Let's address. Are you trying to show us that you're like hard because you've got your boxing gloves on one side, you've got your punch bag on the other you side? You know what? You know what? Nice. This, this shed's been all sorts over the two years we've been chatting on podcasts, Sam, and my twenty-year-old son's now turning into something that's actually useful. It is turning into a boxing gym. It's his birthday today. Oh, his birthday. He's had this um, punch bag put up, 45 kilogram one, and he's got his boxing gloves. So, yeah, I thought I'd get him in shot tonight to try and look like I'm going to use it. <laughs> nice. So, uh, what's been happening then, Marco? Yeah, a bit of everything, mate. We've been busy with work. So, we've been talking off social media, but we've been looking a bit at solar systems. So, we've been helping a local heritage railway line with an off-grid solar lash-up that they've currently got, trying to sort that out for them. Um, working a bit on some radar stations for the military, so it's been quite interesting looking at some of that. And then just the everyday um, house bashing kind of things as well. I've dropped a video out tonight that we've been doing um, a bit of corrective work on somebody else's attempts at moving a consumer unit. So, yeah, just a bit of everything. We cover all sorts. So you get our hands dirty in all sorts of different sectors. See, that's mad. That's mad. Because if Crazy you think about it, one day you could be working in a top secret radar station, and the next day you're working in Joyce's home around the corner. <laughs> yeah, it is when you say it like that. China Cup. Yeah, I mean, that's from my background in electronics as well. So I kind of get messages from people who I worked with a long time in the past to come and have a look at certain bits and pieces because we are electricians as well. And obviously, with a security clearance, it's helpful. Um, and then the other stuff, it's just getting your name known in the local area. You'll know that, Nick. You'll have people message you about stuff, having seen you on YouTube and social media yeah. who want you to come and look at this. It was the same with this Heritage Rail line. They'd watched some of my other videos and wanted us to come down and help them out because they thought, you know, we'd be reasonably trustworthy. So we're helping with that one. Um, first person I got in touch with on that was, was Neil, actually, because as we know, he's off grid. So I've been hitting him up for some tips and advice and things that he can suggest. Because what interests me, because we watched Grand Designs a couple of weeks ago, I used to love it constantly, and uh, 
the, you got a few of the eco homes. A guy built his house with complete concrete uh, pad and shell and everything, but it was very thick. And he backfilled everything in to almost look like a hobbit house. So from the outside, it was just a green hill. And he was saying over time, once the concrete um, dries out, because obviously it takes years, but the, the natural heat source from the ground and the sun throughout the years and years and years, the whole house would be self-sufficient with heating. And obviously this was, at the time of film, it was like a two and a half year span. So they managed to get the gun out at the end and be like, yeah, it has gone up like four degrees, which was great. But how much money, let's say my house here, how much money would I have to invest in solar panels or a wind turbine or, or whatnot until it's paid itself back? And you wouldn't be quite off the grid here because you would need a good bit of land, a good bit of solar. But how much money would you invest yeah. You know, till you get that return back until you're completely off the grid and everything's paid for. Because some people, you're talking 10, 20, 30 years, really, aren't you? Yeah, it's certainly used to be like that, I think, the maths, Nick. But the price of electricity and stuff that we're seeing at the minute, that yeah. equation's narrowing. Um, we've been looking at it on our house, having solar panels fitted. Um, we're looking at going on a, on a cost so we can have a go at installing ourselves as a bit of a test bed and a trial. Um, and, and Stuart Cater has helped me price the system up and it wasn't as expensive as I thought it was going to be, to be totally honest. Oh, right. And we reckon we can get about 40 to 50% off our electricity bill through installing solar panel, panels and that's without a battery system. So you yeah. can get bigger savings if you go to have a battery bank. So I think that it's getting to the stage now where you can get a payback within three or four years without any feeding tariffs. Whereas before you were looking at maybe six to eight years where yeah. you can be looking at a prospect of breaking even on your investment but even yeah, then, that, that's not bad most people back in the day with, with the because my neighbors had all of his solar panels fitted and, and he got him at his old house and he said on average it cost him about 10 grand and you're looking at 10 to 15 years till they're paid off and and you're and you're all right thought, but nowadays if it's just a good turnaround like that then it's it's affordable for everyone yeah and there's if the you've got the upfront well. costs because i'm guessing you can do some form of credit through them and everything like that as well yeah, yeah. I mean, we've obviously had the labour side covered. You've got the scaffolding costs and things like that. But generally speaking, if you're an electrician, you can get a system in for not a lot of money yeah. Um, yeah. and get your pay back quite quickly. For a normal consumer, you know, you probably are four or five years. Um, but there's the prospect of feeding tariffs and stuff coming back again because the government are pushing all this energy efficiency and the COP26 or whatever it was. So there's all sorts of schemes springing up um, in government policy. So who knows what's going to happen there? So that's why I kind of thought... This is how you know... Mark is sneaky. Listen, Mark's <laughs> sneaky like that. He's been watching the news. He's gone, right, they're bringing in all this climate change stuff. I'm going to get in on the ground floor, get all set up, ready to roll, <laughs> should there be an opportunity. Listen, don't sleep on Mark. Not only is he the smartest person in the industry, he's now the sneakiest person. <laughs> Yeah, you see, I say that, and every time I come on, do you, now, do I, you text him as well in the morning, Mark? Just let <laughs> you know, he's the smartest person I know. Sam, can I just say, there's nothing inappropriate playing on the telly in your bedroom, is there? It's because I can see you working away from home, having Babe Station on, and not realizing we can see the telly in the mirror. In right, the first of all, it's not, it's not a bedroom. This is the downstairs lounge, and secondly, no Sorry. one watches Babe Station anymore. It's Pornhub, and no, oh. that's not on. That's Netflix. Right, just checking. Just checking before right, we have to then right. re-record this entire episode because you cocked up again. <laughs> Listen, it's been right. ages since we've had a mistake. Well, yeah, true. To be fair, have you got any super glue on hand? Because I want to show you a trick. What? How not to stick your tongue to the roof of your mouth like an idiot? <laughs> I died laughing listening to that today. That was brilliant. <laughs> well, I, I, Absolutely. 
Like I, I listened back to the episode on on the way down, and I was laughing to myself, thinking, "Who does that? Why is that even a thing?" No. And listen, I've got to have more of a contribution to the show than nonsense that I do during the week. Like I really need mm. to like start bringing some technical talking about what I'm doing, understand DC voltage loss across a polarity reversal coupler, and, and just carry on. Just made that up. Um, sounded yeah. Mark, Mark sitting there like, and his head's exploding. He goes, "This is not the correct terminology." No, he's going, oh my God, Sam is so smart. How did you know that? I am. I'm wondering what the hell it is. You need to educate me. <laughs> let's, say, let's hear about it. How how difficult do you think it would be? Because, go back to my neighbour again, he was going to have the, um, it wasn't, he went, because it's the power wall is the Tesla one, isn't it? Yeah. He went to go and have that, and then it came back to expensive. So he, he was going to opt for another one where they get uh, recycled car batteries from Kia. I think, I think they were Kia's. Um, and do a power wall, but how difficult would it really be to make your own battery storage? Someone had a go at it, didn't they? I can't remember who it was, but I saw someone make a homebrew lithium-ion battery store. Um, I think it was that Ed from um, De- Wheeler Dealers for his his car. Oh yeah, he's got like an orange bubble car, and he converted it to be an electric vehicle. And he used a big lithium-ion battery bank he made himself. So it's, it's possible. Um, you know, whether you'd get British standards markings for it and have it as a legit system to put no in. No overheating going on in there. But you do it in your own place, couldn't you? I mean, you can even go to the point of using some budget lead-acid batteries. You're not going to get a great length of life out of them, but they'll work for a, a while. Um, you know, you can you can make anything work with enough effort. Yeah, what and brains. now is, though, to, like, you don't, if you've got solar in your house and you've got an electric car, I'm sure you can use the battery in a car as well, like in conjunction with it, like as a as a power wall, if you like, and yeah. I, and it's not yeah. like it's not going to not going to wake up in the morning and your battery's going to be rinsed out. It's it's going to be like you're still going to have like seventy percent in there. Yeah, because I I watched the couple of reviews when the the new Ford F one fifty Lightnings that were released in the US. Apparently, we're not getting them in the UK because if oh. we did, I actually would buy one, a hundred percent. But their battery storage is so massive, being a huge truck it is. If let's say there was a tornado in America, whatever, and there was the, the, your supply was cut off completely, your house could last up to five days just running off your car. Nice. Mm. I was like, if that isn't a selling point, I know what it is. Because <laughs> yeah, how many tornadoes do you get in Stafford? You'd be surprised, mate. I'm very surprised. You get a couple um, of people winging wheelie bins around every now and then, if that counts. Listen, I'm not even going to ask Nick what he's done this week because you know why. He's going to be like, oh, I've done some rewires. Um, no, 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 no rewires this week. Go on then, what do you do I this week? I wanted to ask Nick, Nick about oh, his wait, big job first... he's been doing. Who, me? No, no Nick, about the big job. I watched his video put out tonight. Oh, do we have to listen to this again? Just before we get into it, um, sporting the Spark Top today. Um, you can get them, click in the show notes, and you can order them. Um, for the cheap, cheap price of less than twenty pound, I don't actually know the price of my own clothes, but um, yeah, order them up. Look smart wherever you go, and let everyone know that you're an electrician. Come on. Now, go we on. Done? What, what, tell us a boring story about your your rewire on a big. Well, what is Mark? Mark, what do you want to know? Because I was just seeing that you put your video out today with Adam drilling away in the background, irritatingly working, generating your money while oh, you're trying mate. to record content. So annoying. 
he is i think he's getting sick of it because he is a constant he just wants to graft and he just he's the same as me the quicker we get in there get it done the quicker we can go home simple as that and uh when there's jobs like this where i know i can get three four five videos out maybe at one point where it gives me a bit of a cushion to get some stuff recorded the pressure's off for doing two a week and whatnot um but this exciting in the sense of start to finish very ground floor we've got what would be a traditional rewire but then uh, first and second story almost a new build yeah um i've not had a chance to record anything like that before it's it's big there's loads more exciting stuff going outside with all the different lighting and commando socket to supply the canal boat and i had a few messages which was quite cool because it's almost classed as a special location for a um marine so i need to spike it and tt it which i didn't really know which i'm quite right. happy i looked at um loads of kinetic switching for rbg lighting for up lights house like loads of cool stuff so how have you found managing the budget on that then has it kind of gone how you thought it would would it been your biggest job ever you uh, keep, keep within spec on cost i think so um it helps as well because obviously the money i'm making off the videos as well adds towards the total the cost really because i did say to the guys okay but he watched a plumber watched me who recommended me to him and he then started watching it and he absolutely loves everything we do. Like he said, I can't wait till you do my fuse board because I'm going to stand in the background and watch. Uh, but yeah, I don't think so. Because obviously the main cost at the moment we really got is cabling, capping, mattresses and everything. Uh, the big money will come in when we start doing all the lighting. We're just having white sockets everywhere for the time being. The kitchen's being ripped out at some point. So we've got to knit back and forward. Biggest thing for me at the moment is just traveling. It's like two, two and a bit hours every day. So yeah. Yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah but sam when you don't have to travel mate for work it's all right but we've done this but and we're really enjoying it we really are and it was nice to get around stuck into for a few well for four days straight it was um but yeah no i'm enjoying it mate it's just a big thing and we gotta wait to make sure like the video come out tonight that stuff gets boarded the way it said it will get boarded the things get pulled through that we said to get pulled through but we shall see good luck with that <laughs> thing is we get into a, like i said on the video like a, a usual routine with a, a casual builder or a team that we've got built up. I know that the builder will do what we say or the builder asks us to do something, we'll do it. But when you work for someone brand new, you have no idea how they work. Yeah. So it's uh, it's trying to get used to each other. But we've had a good chat. The builder's a really, really nice guy. I just need to make sure that, well, he's bringing in plasterers and I've not seen the plasterers yet, so. Yeah, it's one of those. It is always a worry, isn't it, Adam? I know what it's like as you start taking on bigger jobs. You make a step up to something else. It is always a worry. Have I priced this right? Have I allowed enough time for that? Will it actually take me a day to do that bit of the job? And it's all a bit of an unknown. It is. It's a nice learning journey to go on. I think there's a lot of um, trades people who go through that over the years and it never stops. You know, you keep growing and growing. Stuff gets bigger yeah. and bigger and more expensive. The risk's larger. So, you know, it's because one of the, the things we have to deal with. I had a thing with the pricing up, um, which we normally do per point for a rewire, per point, socket, down lights. And then we've had a bit of Ethernet put in there. We've had armor cable into the garage and the outer house and obviously bits and bobs outside as well but price it per point add your traveling on and then figure out materials and try and figure out the best way because you want it to be very profitable but equally you don't want to overprice it because i know there's another spark price in it as well and i think we landed in with with about 500 quid in between each other which was sound so it shows that i was close um but someone has asked if I can, after the job's done, if I can sort of do a breakdown of materials, labour and everything to see how much profit was made on the job, which mm. I'd, I'd happily do because I've got nothing to hide. Yeah. And I just wish other people would do it as well because then everyone can sort of 
judge of what the local but it's, it changes throughout the, the country like you'd be different where you are to where i am yeah definitely um, and people get scared of showing profit like it's dirty but we're all in business to make money there's yeah. nothing wrong with generating profits if you can do nicely for yourself on a bit of work crack on yeah and the customer's happy with us. mentality that we have in this country about that i think yeah because we had this big thing in the video i did about uh, customers asking questions I was all up for the video. Um, I thought it was great that they asked so many questions, this person, because some were very simple to answer, but then some of you just go, oh, I never thought about ever writing any of that down. Like they put liability insurance, I never thought about writing it down in my my, mm. my uh, estimates and whatnot. Um, but about pricing, can you break down labor and materials? And I've always gone, no. Like, it's, I don't agree with it, but then you can see why some people want to. Some like, guys have no problem at all. Yeah, labor's 500 quid, materials are, are 100 pound. But I then almost feel dirty that the customer goes, oh, so you're charging me for five hundred pounds for, and you're going to be here for a day. You think that's you think that's reasonable, but then you almost have to justify yourself to what you're worth. And then I just think I just still don't like it. This is why I can't do your jobs because I just like I just wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't even justify myself. Would, that's the price. Go and get some yeah. someone else to do it. And I, I literally. I just, I just, like, I have to take my hat off to you because I couldn't do it because I just, I'm yeah, too. Um, I just stopped doing it. This is the price and that's it. Yeah. Domestic jobs, I'm the same. It gets quoted. That's it. They either like it or they don't. We had a customer tell us the other week that they thought we were a bit rich on price. And it's just like, well, that's your opinion. You're welcome to go around and get other prices, but I'm not going to change my no. rates. Having been in the industry 20 years, pricing jobs every week, I'm pretty happy. That you know, I'm, I'm there or thereabouts, generally speaking. We're commercial customers, they do want to see a bit of a breakdown um, mm. on bigger projects, definitely. So, we do that. Yeah, but then again, that's... when they ask you and you haven't worked it out, it's more time and effort than going back for your paperwork to figure out material costs and labor costs. Yeah, it's more time and effort. And then they go, Oh, actually, no, we don't want to go with you. It's like, Well, I've spent five hours already coming around, quoting it, writing an estimate out, putting all the details in to then not get the job. You want to spend another hour doing it as well. Yeah, no. yeah, it is off, and, and some customers don't understand that. They just see you as a somebody's out to try and fleece them. It's just that etiquette, isn't there? You won't go into Tesco's and say, oh, that, that pack of sausages that you reckon's a couple of quid. Yeah. I don't think they're actually worth that. How much did it cost you to get them into this shop? How much did you pay the supplier of the sausages? People would never do it, would they? No. Well, maybe some people would. Sam would. <laughs> uh, see, I'm really funny about this. I don't... I don't question other people's prices. Like, I really don't. I'm really funny. Like, if I, I'd rather work a weekend and get someone to, to paint a room, for instance. So, say it costs 200 quid to paint a room. I'd rather go and work a weekend and earn the money doing what I do and let a professional paint a room. So, yeah. if they say to me it's 300 quid to paint a room, then it's 300 quid. Like, listen, I'm not dumb. I'm not going to go and get like, five quotes and then be like i'm gonna go and get i'm gonna get more more quotes and i'm gonna weigh up the situation sometimes if they come around in a assignment van all uniformed up and they might have two or three vans and they're like 100 quid more there's a reason they're 100 quid more because they've got more overheads uh, and they're probably going to do a more professional job i don't know i don't know how it works but generally you can sort of look into it and be like right that's how i'm gonna go um do you, do you ever feel like, because I've had people around before, like we've got a guy that actually messed me around who half rendered my outside of my utility room. But being in the trades and whatnot, and when someone goes, oh yeah, he said to me it costs £600 to render it. 
And you know, when you just sit there going, well, I actually know how much a bag of render is. You say it's going to take two days and you almost work it out in your head and you go, fuck off, mate. Like, come on. Sometimes. But that's being in the trades. You, you can sort of see from each yeah. other's point of view. If all of a sudden it's like 600 quid a day for something, you're like, nah, not paying that. You're yeah. out of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm not paying a painter 600 quid a day to paint a room. No, I'm not doing that. Oh, and listen, painters are my, my mortal enemies. I don't Why? like painters. Why? It's not really a trade, first of all. Right. Second of my all. My dad was a painter. Remember that. Still not a trade. Doesn't matter who. Listen, Charles, Prince Charles could be a painter. Still not a trade. Right. Don't care. You piss, you can paint. <laughs> Right. First of all, yeah, like I could be the best painter if I decided to be because it's literally cutting in. That's it. It's not. It's not hard. Let's have it right. About hanging paper, lining, sanding. That's a decorator. I'm talking about painting. A a painter and decorator is the same thing. Are you now dividing the decorating industry into subsections? It's a painter and decorator. I'm de-skilling. I'm a one-man oh, de-skilling army of the painting and decorating. I'm going to have a short course for wallpapering next day. We'll, we'll be all right because no painters have internet, so they won't listen to this. No, they don't. And I'll tell you a story about a painter once. Pissed me right Can't off. Can't wait. I probably told it before, but I'll tell it again. So I'm on site, um, and it was a weekend. And I was quite young at the time, and I had this brand-new Adidas tracksuit. And I was only going in to do some test, like some testing and stuff. And then I was going to meet some people afterwards. So I went in in my tracksuit and I'm sitting on the stairs and there's like these new build flats and there's a big load of BT cables that someone cut all the tags off. Like, like when they left, they cut all the tags off. So we had a, um, you know, them socket and see things, but you can, yeah. they, they do them for the BT testers as well. So it was my job to sit with the phone whilst the other geezer went round and just plugged in the tester and then I'd have to go through and then find the one and then we can write it down, room 66 or whatever. And uh, the painter's going around, he's like, mate, you've got to get out of the way. Uh, uh, I'm on a price. And I'm like, listen, mate, no problem. I'll get out of your way. But let me just find this last one whilst he's plugged in. No, mate, no no chance. And went straight, straight past me, flicked paint all over me. I was like, mate, what are you doing? He goes, well, I told you. Now get out of the way. I was like, all right, sweet. And I was a little bit wild back in the day. <laughs> and uh, when I went to the, went outside and I'm fuming now. And I didn't realise it's only wall paint. You can get that off. It's still a new tracksuit, so you don't even be messing about with it. But I thought it was staying now. I was like, so I'm thinking what I'm going to do. Like, I don't want to go and have a fight on site and all that. So I went walking up the road and there was like a little paint shop. And I was like, sweet. Went in there and bought a pot of pink. Is it emulsion? What's enamel? Pink enamel. Hot oh, pink oil enamel. based. The oil based stuff. And I just walked up to him, opened it up, and went, "Yeah, bosh!" And done him right over. And uh, yeah, he chased me down the road with a, with his, with his um with his scraper thing. <laughs> But it was, but and ever since I've hated painters since then, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> so like, you've, you've tied all painters with the same brush then, because one of them wound you up. They're now all assholes. Yeah, I don't like painters. They all come in. Oh mate, we've got paint this room. Need you out, mate. And you're like, you're a painter. You can like you're basically a paintbrush away from being a labourer. So fuck off. 
my dad used to do oh just anytime working together anything i have is in the middle of the room he would sheet everything up dust sheet it floor it mask it everything except for my tools <laughs> fucking every time you get a spray unit out spray the ceiling and it was just like you think oh it's just a bit of dust and you know when you you blow it but then it doesn't no. move because <laughs> it's so fine you look at it <laughs> everything he had but it was used to come home from his forearms here where his shit rolled his shit up to he would just have white hands all the time like completely scrubbed um but yeah it was just all come home with him uh where he wore glasses literally and uh, the rest of his face was just white obviously didn't wear a, 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 a mask or anything like that because <laughs> that generation didn't no they didn't no no we just come home and our house would just always stink of wet paint and we'll get, oh you painted no dad's just come home fact cool story bro um <laughs> so i'm gonna ask about my week i actually haven't got much to tell from last week uh i was um where was i last week i i was in romford um uh, working in a x-ray room in romford um what you it's can't cool call story, story yeah. me now. That's just petty. And I work with <laughs> x-ray machines, which is way better than what you're doing. And consumer unit and downlight. Relax, yeah. This is big boy level. You're not here. Um, so yeah, so just really just prepping rooms, really. Go on. How much money do you earn, Sam? How much money do you earn, Sam? You want to be a big boy electrician? How much money do you earn? This is what I get put in. That's not your house. <laughs> I just get, like listen. They rent me whole house just to go and like be me. That's all I'm saying. And by the way, you're welcome for what you earn. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just take credit for all of Nick's um, extracurricular activities that he earns money from you. It's like I've got OnlyFans now, doesn't it? Nice one. Purely down to me. So you're welcome. Of course. Thank you, King Sam. Yeah. I could get used to that. Brilliant. Yeah, you should get a little crown instead of a lightning bolt. No, the lightning bolt is, is what signifies <sighs> the spark. Um, have we got a topic? Mark, what topic have you bought today? You all usually bring some topic. You Like, oh, I need to come on this week. I've got something to say. I just wanted to come and chat with you guys this week. The stuff that's been getting spoken about is to do with courses again. Don't know if you've seen much of that, but we've no, had what? the yeah, like the a lot of people have been let down by colleges with their training. There's been a few issues of part-time learners not getting onto the level three courses, so the two three six fives, as they were. Why? And, uh, they're saying that there's not enough space for them, so they're allocating places for full-time learners ahead of the part-time adult retrainees um, because the colleges get more funding on that basis. So you can understand why they're doing it. And the same again about short courses being abused by people. And, you know, I've said before that I don't think we should be letting non-electricians do the wiring regs, even mm. to that even to that extent. I know that you will have people within management and the wholesale network and stuff who want an understanding of the regulations, but I think we should be more protective of that base qualification. You know, it stands for quite a lot in our industry. Without that, you know, you can't get into your CPS. You're not going to get an up-to-date gold card. So I don't think we should be letting any Tom, Dick or Harry do that course. See, that that's that's funny, actually, because my cousin, um, he's a maintenance engineer. And so he's been doing it since he left school. Um, 
and he went and done his uh, 18th edition not so long ago he's not an electrician but where he messes about in buildings all the time is just a require like is one of the company requirements can you go and do this so it's so yeah. weird you say that my mate uh does Don't really good work from high school no no it's a good story genuinely he does all the lighting rigs for movie sets in london and he had to get his 18th edition because he asked me about it and he was like oh you've got a book i was like yeah he's just gonna borrow it i was like no <laughs> it's my book <laughs> if you want a book you buy your own and he said oh we've got to do 18th edition to start doing just literally wiring rigs but all plug plug and play it's nothing like, it's not wire fixed wiring anything you know what that is that is someone misunderstanding what the regs are, are there for mm. like you get it all they the time sold it. On. they are sold extensively though aren't they to people who aren't electricians i think there should be some sort of management cost for it or something like there is with pat testing you have the one that the engineers do and the one that the management people would do i think we should maybe look at something like that if there is a need for wholesalers and like your friend in the in the lighting rigs and and whatever else where they do need some awareness of it but not to the point it's devaluing the qualification for us as electricians it's the same with the 239 one as well people are going off doing that who aren't electricians yeah so you can have you can have plumbers doing it for example so they can do test and inspection on those few spares that they're they're installing. Mm. Uh, I think we need to get a little bit more protective of our courses, but without denying access to training for other people who legitimately need it. But um, I in think my it opinion. comes down to the to the fact. So this is the age old argument, man. This this is what me and Rick started out talking about back in the day, um, and nothing's changed, and probably never will. The biggest problem I see from protecting the industry is there's no governing body there isn't really yeah. need an overruler yeah like there, there needs to be some sort of council of electrical knowledge and with that council this is the going off that what you were saying i know what you said because like gas safety is a, well i'm more i have to say is more important the government uh, run is gas safe so it was corgi but the government run that and they do all the training for it, to my knowledge, and do all the certification for it. It's all government-led. But electrics, it isn't. Electrics is free roam to people who want to create their own CPSs, go through, jump through the hoops, and then create their own... It's probably, all to, do with, it's probably all to do with the fact that, you know, like... It's all probably to do with, like, politics and stuff like that, where the companies, like NIC and NAPIT and stuff like that, they exist because there's a market for them to exist in. Now, where they've got so big, and obviously the ECA feed into NAPIT, not NAPIT, uh, NIC and Searchall and all that connections that have been spoken about before, they're not just going to sort of wipe them off the face of the planet now. I feel like it's been like this for too long for it to have a fundamental change. I think there was quite an interesting debate going around about if they, like in Scotland... You can't, it's against the law to say you're an electrician if you're not. There's like a certain, like the the term electrician is protected by law. I think they go, I don't know if they've got that in place yet, but I know Select are trying to do it. Yes, that's I don't it, know if they've yeah. actually managed to do that as yet, but they're pushing it. So that would be good if they put, like if we, if we could follow suit and do the same down there. It's a yeah. whole different thing, but I doubt they but Then will. you would call me not an electrician, Sam. No, because I, I don't know. Listen, the whole gold card thing is a farce. I I mock people who don't have it, and I like to lord it over people. Never. 
literally my greatest achievement. <laughs> so, like, it's like, I haven't really completed much in life and I've got that. So I was quite pleased with myself. So I'm incredibly <laughs> proud of it. But the reality is, I don't need it, do you? Don't need it. We'll screenshot this and plaster it all over social media, what he just said, everyone. <laughs> but no, everyone but... comment below now. Sam said, you don't really need a gold card. Thank but you. Kind of if the... you want, if you want to be universally accepted as an electrician on any site in the UK, you got to have it. Hmm. Did you did you see the eFix domestic electrician apprenticeship that they were speaking about? Gary did a I heard I never watched it, but I heard about it, yeah. Yeah, so they're on about having a route to a kind of gold card, but just been in the domestic sector. I think that's good. I think that's good. Yeah, I think it's needed. I think so. I mean, if you look around all the industry where we've got commercial, industrial, and domestic, we do seem to have a bit of a problem in the domestic market, whether that's just because we see a lot more content on social media from that place, I don't know. But having some sort of standard that everybody needs to attain... Well, who's going to bring that in, be a good thing. Like I'll, be the face. Because... I'll be the face. I'll do it. We'll do it. End of the electrical, domestic courses. No, no it's not even that. Because the problem is that the mechanics of that... What is that now? The mechanics of it is... When you look at the JRB... JOB is half ECA and half Unite the Union, or a what do they call it? A combine of union unions and groups of things. God, that sounds exciting. Yeah, so it's a, it's like the UN for the electrical industry. One side you've got the workers, one side you've got the ECA affiliated companies, or the JOB, and then they all sign up to the JOB rules and principles that are negotiated by each side. So that's what that that's what the JRB is, and that's why they can issue a gold card because most of the companies that require you to have a gold card will be commercial, industrial, ECA type companies. Yeah. Although you can be in the ECA and just be like a house basher like Nick, you can still join the ECA. You meet their requirements, you join it, and well, stuff I like, like that. the tone you used when you said that. Well, you shouldn't. Um, and and so, but the reality is, it's a big, it's the big companies like your T Clarks and I think it's T Clark. I think they're part of it. Yeah, yes. T Clark and all them. They 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 they're all part of the ECA. Um, but for house bashers, it would almost require like um, Napier NIC to sort of come to terms on, on, on a on a basis of what, what a domestic installer is. Because they're the two that matter, really. It, yeah, like I think it's, there's, a, there's a place for it because realistically, let's say what Adam does now. I, I'm What's happy that other one? Did. I can't remember. Hold on. Trove. What about Trove? <laughs> Why don't you go and get Trove? Never heard of it. The, um, the stuff that he's learned at college to start doing all the trade work and everything. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it, but we never do any commercial industrial other than my unit or mh unit helping him out but i don't price jobs up i've asked people have asked me before i'm not interested we like working in domestic so if the lads that watch us have only only ever want to work in domestic then it's a fantastic course and you can cut off the regs book out because half the stuff in their mix like all the special locations realistically it's just a bathroom and a, and a kitchen really in a, in a house dwelling but then you've got I suppose you can go down the swimming pool route as well, couldn't you, really? Um, but I, I, if I had the chance and we could go back in time, I'd 
I've just done the domestic one, yeah. Uh, it kind of follows, Sam kind of nailed it there with the MAFIT and NIC, because that's where this has come from. The EAS document that's kind of been rewritten um, for September, they're giving these new entry requirements to work in the domestic sector. And this new course, new domestic electrician apprenticeship thing is the answer to that. And there's two kind of pools forming on social media. I can see it happening already, where some people are right behind it, thinking it's a good thing. And other people are saying it's sort of watering down the intent of what that EAS document was trying to achieve. So, you know, it depends how industry is going to look at this. Are we going to accept that a shorter version of a traditional apprenticeship just to work in the domestic sector is a good thing? Or that we're actually devaluing what an electrician is as a whole and we should be focusing more on traditional apprenticeships. And then you've got T levels as well that are all coming out. Things are getting quite complex um, with the apprenticeship system. That's another aspect to it. With T levels, the employer doesn't actually need to pay for somebody to come and work for them. The college provide them to you for free. So you've got that aspect of our employees even going to take apprentices in anymore when they can get that free labour through T levels. Do you know what's dumb? And this is the dumbest comment of all time. Um, domestic electrical work is harder and more complicated than commercial. Who said that? This I is, think we've got loads who. of sound bites from this podcast for Sam now. Listen, it don't matter who, but people say that. And that's dumb. Grafting-wise, I know I can stand on like, Grafting-wise, I can say... Yes. Because you have yeah, to I would say grafting-wise, the lofts, the floorboards, the carpets, the furniture, depending on what you're doing. But if you want to do the biggest job you can, an occupied house wire, you would struggle to do that much hard work and effort in a commercial place where you get given schematics and drawings and scissor lifts and ladders and health and safety and ropes and hard hats and all your materials are already there. Here's your angle grinder. Here's your goggles. Crack on. Do you know what I mean? You already get told what to do. But for what we have to do, it's completely different. Yeah, but it's mostly rule of thumb. Don't act like you're referring to the regs three times a week because you ain't. I don't need to. I know all the ones I need to know for domestic. I exactly. do it that often. So in a it's in a nutshell. It's not like you can diversify and go and do smart homes and nonsense like that. But the reality is, the reality it's is... Not, it's not. Smart homes are actually sometimes simpler to run cables, as in the main 240 volts, this, this because the rest of it that. is just 12 volt wireless. This is what I'm getting at. It, it's, it's silly to suggest that. So what would they do? Have a year and a half course or like a three-day yeah, course potentially. to become a domestic installer? Because that's all it would take really, about 35 minutes of... I thought you could say six-week course, you'd be done. Nice one, mate. <laughs> 35 <laughs> minutes. Um, no, listen, the reality is any apprenticeship should be a minimum of three years. Um, but mm. it just, to me, it would be a shame for an apprentice to put that much effort into learning a trade only learning and only be half of it. half qualified really technically mm-hmm. that's what it would be if adam was to come with me he would never be given the chance to go and do other stuff afterwards because unless he's he only went, got a domestic course unless he went and done an additional course to be a commercial electrician and then people would be like no nah, you got to go back and do it uh, a proper, the whole, yeah, you know, the whole course, course otherwise, you're not, you're, otherwise you're not considered an electrician. I, by the hardcore um, commercial people, I'm not considered an electrician. Really? Like, I've got my gold you're card. Not. I've got my gold card. Why? Um, because I didn't do a formal apprenticeship and I, I was straight from school. You're not considered a proper electrician if you haven't done that. 
What do they think of me then? Go to college for three years. You're, you're, just, evening. you're just a late, you're, you're what they call unskilled. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, no, there's a group, of, like, there's, there's a group out there. And they would not. Oh, there's some proper militant sparks who yeah. are very entrenched in their opinions for sure. Um, but <sighs> ultimately, mental? a lot of them aren't very good on the tools either. I've been around some of those guys, and they're not they're not the best. No, you um, know what they are. From my own personal experience. Super lazy, like worse than me. What I mean, <laughs> like mad lazy. Like if you think I'm bad, they are like the worst, and it's like. They turn up with like just a bag of hand tools, no battery drill, no nothing. No, I don't provide that. I don't provide mm. that. I only provide uh, hand tools and my labor. And it's like, mate, you just can't compete in this world. You dinosaur. Because no. old uh, old um, Dimitri has just come in with a whole 18 volt power tool kit. Mm. And, and they work like this. They don't care cost. about your principles. No, they work like that, Cars. I think. Looking at it, if you're a school leaver, you might as well do a proper apprenticeship because it's free, isn't it? You're getting that for free. If you're an adult retrainee, having some sort of course where you can focus in on a domestic area, if that's something you want to do as a career, that's got to be a good thing. If it's better than the five, six-week courses we've had in the past, you know, we'll see how that pans out, I guess. Yeah, I, I think you're right there because I get so many messages from, from guys late 20s, early 30s saying, I want to retrain. And I've said this on a video that's coming out soon where – I understand why the fast track courses are there. I really do. And I have sympathy for the guys that want to come into it and they're frowned upon for using it. They've got a mortgage, they've got kids, they've got overheads. They can't go and take an apprenticeship on working minimal wage, uh, you know, trying to secure a house. And they would then be stuck in the job they're in. They wouldn't be able to be a spark without these courses. It's just a shame that it's so frowned upon. And I do feel like there should be... With the fast track courses, you have to have a minimum requirement of hours on site, on on site learning, just to give those people a bit more competence when they're going into people's houses. Because they come out after six weeks, to my knowledge, and work in someone's house. Where if you three never done it before, and we did six week course, we would walk in and go, "Where do you start?" Like, there's no no courses showing you how to chase out properly. That's not a thing. No, or lifting floorboards, or chasing a socket in a brick wall. Or pulling loft insulation up, or measuring out down lights, or getting rid of the rubbish, or collecting dust, or putting stuff down, or taking carpets up and putting them. There's so many things domestic you do not get taught because all I had was an A-frame board, which was not even a meter by half a meter, that had four billion holes in it, almost like Jordan's wall when he keeps changing his V-charger <laughs> at home. That's what my board looked like, and it was like clip this where the cable clips, and it's where someone had pulled the 2.5 mil clips back out of it and they put it back in a tub for you to reuse it. And you, uh, luckily I was, my dad would knew a few guys. I did some work experience, but a lot of the guys, I think there was 40 people on my course and only three of us out the entire three years actually got anywhere. Mm. Yeah. It's because not, of it. that's not unusual, mate. It's not unusual. There's a, listen, any, any trade, even painting requires some time yeah. like time on the tools, putting reps in, understanding what, what happens when this happens. And 90% of any installation work is getting over problems, isn't it? Most, you yeah. get like 30 problems a day on a very easy install, whether it's, I don't know, you're drilling into a wall that's not really taking the screws properly, uh, or I don't know, you broke a blade on your hacksaw, and now you've got to go and get another hacksaw blade, and that might just lean into it and, 
all these little problems that come along with dumb stuff. That is what you spend most yeah. of your day doing. And the rest of the time, you're spent looking for a tool you just put down. I swear, <laughs> I just put that screwdriver down. Where, no. the, where is that gone? And is where I think nowadays as well, because we're all, we, before social media, we were all stuck in our own ways of how to chase a wall, how to sink a socket, how to hang a fuse, like so many ways. But now with social media, we've all stopped putting content out there. We've all picked up tips and tricks where we could use or get this specific tool where we can do our job a little bit better, a little bit cleaner, a little bit faster. And all that adds up to us doing a better job overall, finishing earlier and starting the next job and earning more money. So it's all like the Mataba wall chaser. You can't beat it. To then use Oval Conduit and then to use all round band to hold it in place. That chase there is done, tidy, neat and professional as you can do it in half the time it would have taken to use an SDS and nail it to the wall where the nails don't go in the wall properly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And all this is combined into all of us hopefully getting the standard higher and higher each year when we all find out more tips and tricks or tools that come out. Yeah, but that, so. that, that requires... That requires. This is another thing that, that is lost from from the industry, I think, and lost from the training side of it with the six weeks courses is passion and like dedication to your trade. Like, if you do a six week course, you don't understand them things. You don't understand what it is to sort of if I if I refine this, that gives me more time to do this and <laughs> then make more money. It's like I think these things sort of those those things that you can only really find the love up. for it well, yeah you, you can only really pick it. them up whilst you're whilst you're working with someone who's doing that do you know what i mean yeah because you've got to have tried the old way first to figure out that this or the new way yeah. is much better and the un- the un- uh, the that leads you onto the van again uh, well it's the do intangibles I? you don't get from an apprentice the intangibles you get from an apprenticeship you're not getting from a six-week course not happening yeah completely no. agree and then, like, with the van, having a nice, neat, tidy, racked van to find the tools quicker and easier. Come on. Get the I job did. finished quicker. Do you know what I mean? And, like, my old boss, he had the van fairly neat. And then I moved on to mine. I had it all right. And you would look for an hour for a 5.5 SDS bit that you knew you bought last week <laughs> and wasted an hour. But, like, now you can just try and take pride in and each section of your work day. It's just getting better and better. It just leads to a better job and satisfaction and a better state of mind at the end of it do you know what i mean when everything's just as you want it yeah being organized helps you be more productive just for having a cleaner tidier mind of your own knowing that you've yeah. made that effort i think it makes you more productive as well not just the fact that you can find things easier and then i think you look forward to the next day yeah you've got you a... can, like i've smashed this today like what's tomorrow going to bring and your van sorted your materials are sorted and you can like challenge yourself a little bit See, I, I've got a challenge this week. I've got to take three drawings and condense them into one. So I'm going to take one drawing. So there's three different companies working in. So I'm, basically, I'm on a job in Exeter, working on an old Nightingale Hospital. Well, I say old, about a year. Um, it's being absorbed <laughs> by the main hospital down there. So um, we are converting the x-ray rooms. Well, what, what, whatever it was before, they're going to be x-ray rooms now in the nightingale so it's basically a new build and there's three services going in all electrical one from the the, the main m&e company one from us and one from the medical equipment company so each one is going to ask me questions about the other one so i'm just going to produce a drawing with all three on and, and it's and it's things like that that you sort of 
can't remember the point of my story to be honest but yeah this week i'm going to be creating a drawing um and it's going to make me very happy to sit down tomorrow um on site and just do that drawing and just make sure yeah. that all that it's all nice and then i can then i can move away from that problem because i can just dish it out to the people that come come asking questions and it's about being organized and getting on top of things and i think that comes from what nick was saying about his crappy little van um so, all right i've just my video's gone up tonight and i've had that many people message me mm. apparently i don't know why but jordan artisan his he i don't know if he's done an advert for his youtube channel or his business or something but i'm people are having adverts for jordan on my videos <laughs> like what oh that'll be sage video um he got quite a lot of heat for that oh i've seen this yeah i've, I've read what happened? yeah he joined I, a shorts video of promoting Sage and how Sage has helped him. I'm not mocking Jordan, by the way, like Jordan knows I like him, but with he did a short video of how Sage has helped him have more time and everything. So he's took his Tesla to France for three weeks and everything like that. And it was just like made no sense, to be honest. And everyone in the comments went ballistic at him. Hmm. You know, you know what though? I I was one of the people who defended him. Looking now, comments. I saw, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you guys produce all this content for free. Yes. You were saying about people getting all these tips and improvements that they can make in their day-to-day lives. They're getting value in that most weeks. And then one week when an advert comes up that's one minute long, I know. where Jordan makes a bit of a payback for all of that time for himself, people are saying, unsubscribe, this is an advert, Yeah. blah, blah, blah. I just don't understand that mindset. You're not a paying customer. Yeah, he's, doing, he's, he's not doing it. He's not doing that content to, for charity, charity, is he, at the end of the day? No, people don't understand. Unless they're in the atmosphere of, of YouTube and fit, know how it works in and out and have done themselves, they don't appreciate the time and effort going in and how much like we say they pick up tips and tricks from everyone not just me you know maybe sam probably not yeah. but, but that they've used on site that saved them time and that's earned them more money we've put the money in their pocket yeah. from copying our idea that we've showed everyone so oh, you can watch a one minute video and just uh, i'm sure not mate it's not though is it listen i'm sure is it, mark is would it defend stretch? it i'm sure mark would defend no it. is it a stretch though from what i've said let people, everyone let me know. If if someone's watched me, if Sam sees me using the wall Metabo, like the thing I said earlier, Oval Conjure or Ram Band, it's a nice, neat finish. It was very quick and barely any mess. If someone copies me from doing their original way of SDSing, doesn't go in a straight line, goes up the wall, I clip the cables, that whole job then takes them, let's say, an hour. Do it my way, it'll take you about 20 minutes. You do that over the span of a year, how much more extra time and money have you made yourself from copying what I've showed you? Mm. Thank you, Nick. Really? Oh, awesome. It's not just either. You, you could put your content behind a paywall, so patronage <laughs> or whatever you call it, and then people have actually got to pay to access it. Doing it in the way... And then I can understand you dropping the adverts. Yeah, you where you take the adverts, you can make some money for yourself for all of the hours you're putting into your content. And Jordan's production costs must be massive. I um, already know, and I've not spoken to him about this, the money I had to pay Kip, which Kip was great, Kip watches this, the money I paid Kip to to film and edit me, which he did me a big discount anyway. The money I made off ad revenue alone didn't cover the cost of Kip's time. And Kip did me a favor. I can imagine Jordan's or, or Nagy's cameraman would charge more. The ad revenue alone, and if you don't have any sponsored videos, let's say for four videos, you're making a loss per video. And they're only doing it for advertisement purposes to push the name and brand to get work in. 
Mm. And it's good content. That's Why shouldn't you be able to make some money out of it? And this is Absolutely. my whole thing. This is my whole thing. You know me. I'm a massive advocate of earning money from content. Uh, I think I think it's. How's that going for you? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. How's it going for you, Nick? Tell me. Really well, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, you just need this. That's all you need. Karen. Listen, I'm looking quite fat and handsome with my new my new. I told beard. you you should grow a beard. Yeah, it suits I told you. you. The beard suits you. I, could, I've, I bought yeah. a, If I could, I would grow one. Listen, I've, I've got a special, like proper professional set of clippers, so as I can crisp it up all nice and shape it up good. I don't. I just have a wet flannel. Mine just falls off if I go to the shower. Listen. I was making a point about being an advocate of making money from content. Stop moaning about people making money from content. Ain't a big deal. Don't watch it. There's a million bits of content. Millions out there. of people do it. It is a thing. It's a business. Like people make money. Don't get over it. Yeah, I, I don't like the videos that people put up and go, "You can be, you can earn a thousand pound in four hours if you watch this this three minute video." No, no you, you can't. can't. No, you can't. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. I'll tell you what you can do. You can start up a YouTube channel, spend hours and hours and hours and hours of editing and, and poncing about, re-recording, splicing things together, spend thousands of pounds on equipment. Then maybe after three or four years, you can start making some decent money out of it. But really, to break even, you'd probably need to be making hundred grand a year for the for the next five years. So the reality is, no one's making no one no one's making crazy money out of this. It's not like it's not like Nick's copying half a million pound a year out of his channel. It's not like Monday Club or Col- I wish. Like that sort of money. It's not like Jordan's copying half a million pound out of it, and he's got and he's no. flying. It's not a thing. A little bit no, of. Got- we- it's a little bit we, of a we do it. We, yeah, it's a nice little uplift. Um, this is one of the main things where I could afford to take Adam on, or what I thought I needed to take Adam on to have that cushion that I could pay him. And well, after the first two months, I was like, the the money that we could earn together of doing jobs with me spending time, it yes, wasn't a I'll need. It. But we worked <laughs> out of the if you take my two hundred and ten videos, or whatever I've uploaded ever how many hours per video that's been of how much income revenue I've had over the past two and a half years. If you work that out for an hourly wage, it probably wouldn't be far off minimum wage. Really? And, and you're mm. flying now. Now you're flying like, uh, but yeah, because I've put the groundwork it, in now it's paying off. Yeah. But you think about it. You're nothing compared to YouTubers. Like, yes, you're no, nothing at all, but even the, like the gamers, size, YouTubers, millions of subscribers, millions of subscribers. Like even the biggest, the biggest in our in our industry is nothing, nothing. No. Mm. I suppose. But the, the best the, thing about it, the biggest one well, is probably Electro Boom. But he's not really an electrician. He's like an electrical engineer. He's like a super genius, isn't he? He's scientist or something, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is with us, the gaming now, because I was telling Cole, um, my eldest, this. The other day, because he had a sick day, he was coming up on a video actually soon because he he wasn't feeling very well. It come ten o'clock and he was absolutely fine, so I got him doing some work around the around this person's house. But um, the gaming market, everyone wants to be a YouTube gamer or a streamer, or a Twitch streamer. It's so saturated nowadays. Everyone wants to do it. There's literally hundreds of thousands of YouTube gamers. But the good thing about what we're doing, it's such a niche. There's only a couple of us. 
we can control it. So let's say I have 50,000 subscribers. Realistically, if you were to convert that into a gaming world, I could have a million subscribers with the content we could push out, the views, the money we get in from it. It's all in ratio to what niche you're in. Do you know what I mean? If you go into Absolutely. a business niche, you know, they mm -hmm. earn their, you've got your CPM and your RPM with YouTube to the guys that don't know it. So a CPM is counts per milli, which is how much YouTube gets paid per thousand views. On average for my sort of channel, it's five to six pound. That's CPM. RPM is what I actually get after YouTube's cut. So realistically, you're talking three to four pound per thousand views. That's how it works out. So a lot of my videos recently have been hitting 30,000 views. I take on average about 140 to 160 pound per, uh, per video. It fluctuates, uh, but you go for a business um, video on YouTube, their CPM, so their RPM is what they take home. You're talking like 70, 80 pounds per thousand views. That's It's 10 times, if not more, than our niche. But gamers they're less than us because there's so many of them now. Ah, mm. uh, I see what you're saying. That's quite interesting, man. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. But then you've got the casual vloggers or you've got like Mr. Beast, who's like 79 million subscribers. His is, you need to look at what their um, genre is on YouTube or what they sit out for, but he's like an um, entertainment vlogger and he could have two videos that are almost identical to each other, but one could get, 50 pound per thousand views and one could get six pound per thousand views because it's not a specific area like it's not science it's not how to it's not educational ours is sort of entertainment how to but i think jordan classes his as something else so he gets a different tier but youtube analyze all the videos anyway and if i go this is a um if i put it down as a business this is a business genre that i'm putting it on and it's me wiring a plug up They'll just soon quickly change it. You said <laughs> genre, genre. What does genre mean? Do you mean genre? N genre. What's a genre? Mark, what genre are you in? Genre. I said it wrong. I said no, you said it and it sounded dumb, so I mocked it. Brilliant. Anyway, but that's my little piece on it. Is so it genre? yeah, it's it's genre. You said genre. 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 Yeah, you're trying to be too posh and you're from Birmingham, so you ain't. Well, listen, I'm not from Birmingham. Listen. I thought it was good. It was good. But cool story, bro. Monday Club, we're yeah. out. Bye. Bye.